Good evening and welcome to the Holland Action 11 News. I'm Thrush Richter. And I'm Chuck Two Moons. Today we are going to talk about the Obi-Wan series, the Rogue One prequel series, Star Wars The High Republic, and Star Wars Project Maverick. But first, the weather. <laughs> it's a sunny day on Tatooine. <laughs> it's still raining on Camino. And it's still jungly and woodsy on Endor. Thank you. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Expect heavy lava rainfall on Mustafar. Yes. Are we done? <laughs> we, we, I think we were done before. Welcome, guys, to another edition of Before the Z-Wing podcast. My name is Stefan Arnold, a.k.a. Chuck Two Moons. And I'm Saboken, also known tonight as Thrust Richter. Yeah, guys. So we are going <laughs> thrust Richter. <laughs> I'll, later on, I'll have my Richter scale analysis of the current Clone Wars cartoons coming out on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'll have to have my own segment on something. I don't know what. All right, guys. We are going to do uh, news, rumors, and speculations today. So we are going to talk about, as I said, the Obi-Wan series, Cassian Andor series, the cartoons, I'm sorry, the comic books and novels of wait, the wait, high... Wait, 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 Did I not just joke in our last episode how we have all these episodes planned out, but we keep <laughs> interrupting them with this off-the-wall stuff? <laughs> yeah, yes, we do, but that's, that's, hey... We, we're going to have to set a set list and then go on it, but right now we are just uh, flying by the seat of our hyperspace. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> just like the Cylons, there is a plan. Oh, my God. That is the wrong sci-fi series, Travis. <laughs> sorry. Oh, my goodness. Hashtag not sorry. Where was I? Yes. The Star Wars High Republic comic books and novels, and just a couple of days ago... Uh, we learned about a possible Star Wars game titled Project Maverick. Mm-hmm. Travis, let's start with the Obi-Wan series. Uh-oh. We actually take a look at that in episode 11, where we see how the series needs to handle Obi-Wan's transformation from the prequel series to the original trilogy. And so that's episode 11. Check that out. We go in for a really deep dive on that. But let's talk about the news that we know about this series itself, Travis. Uh, what do you have? And then I'll give you what, I, what I've what i found out. Okay, so I have nothing because I was too busy reading up on uh, the video game and the Cassian series. So this is all you. Take it away. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so in late January, guys, Disney Plus announced that they were uh, delaying the Obi-Wan series. And they were going to overhaul some scripts and get some new writers, which is... Seems to me kind of the one and the same thing there, uh, overlapping there. But um, they are delaying it, and they're not even having scripts yet, so that's going to take a while to to fill uh, and then do um, production and all that. So I would highly suspect that it's not going to be on Disney Plus until 2021. Of course, Ewan McGregor is reprising his roles as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it takes place before the uh, events of Star Wars New Hope. Director of some of the Mandalorian episodes, Deborah Chow, is also uh, involved in this series, so that's 
uh, good for you Mandalorian fans. Uh, she will definitely bring high quality shows as well. Well, yeah, she and had some of the best actually, episodes in The Mandalorian. Do you know which ones they were? I didn't get a chance to look um, at Yeah, so episode three, when the Mandalorians attack to, to protect Mando, saving Baby Yoda when they do that big shootout, that was hers. Uh-huh. And, ah, cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the highlight of the series. Well, we actually said that episode three was our favorite episode, right? Yeah, I believe so, so yes. That was her. And um, you didn't know have what? Baby Yoda I, in it. I don't know if um, she directed another one, but she was actually in one of the episodes on the um, the prison ship. She's one of the X-Wing pilots. That's her cameo, her and Dave Filoni and another director from a previous episode, or that episode, actually. Ah, cool. See, you come here for the news, the rumors, the speculation. We also give you Star Wars trivia. That's so, why you need to hit the subscribe button right now. Don't, Travis, don't... Don't interrupt when I'm telling people to put a subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button, and then Charles can interrupt us. Go ahead. (laughs) Interesting, you say this about um, you know the the postponement of the series because Disney, you know, before Bob Iger had stepped down, um, the CEO of Disney stepped down recently. Yep. Yes, they had slated that there was going to be a new Star Wars film. um, I think in 2022. That's like two years out or a little bit less than two years out now. And if we can combine some of the news on the high Republic series, um, it's pretty much been stated from Lucasfilm that there is no plans to make a movie based on the high Republic, but that slot for movie release, a star Wars movie release is still preserved. And so people are speculating that maybe part of this rewriting and reexamining the Kenobi show Maybe they're going to entertain the idea of putting it back into a movie like it was originally conceived as instead of a, a Disney Plus show. That's interesting. I was also uh, reading up on the trilogy that Ryan Johnson, the director of The Last Jedi, was supposed to do. According to E! Online, uh, very recently he said he was still working with Lucasfilm to uh, do those films. So they, I don't think those films are quite dead yet. Um, obviously, I don't think they're going to make the uh, 2022 deadline for those films unless they really uh, get something in place in a hurry. But I don't maybe think they, it's will, an... they won't. Yeah, because they rushed Force Awakens and a lot of people blasted them for rushing out the Star Wars films. So I think they're going to take their time with it this time. I got I hope they take their time with whatever they're going to produce. You know, just take your time, Disney. Take your time, Lucasfilm. Make something yeah. quality. We are patient enough. Yes, we're hungry for more, but we also want good quality stuff. So don't just rush out and get stuff. Just put some time into it, please. Yeah, I think they've definitely probably gotten that feedback uh, loud and clear from the uh, sequel trilogy, um, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do delay it and we do not have a theatrical release in 2022. Maybe it's Obi-Wan, but I bet it's more likely we don't have one. But we did also learn some news recently about the Obi-Wan series It is titled, or maybe a uh, project title, called Pilgrim. I don't really know how that applies to the series. Maybe he's the lone adventurer in a new world or something like that. But um, that is the the kind of the show title that is out there right now for the Obi-Wan series. I doubt that's what it's called. Pilgrim, uh, you know what? Um, Yeah, but if we kind of deconstruct that title, I mean, that kind of... I mean, it evokes a lot of different things, uh, particularly of U.S. history. But, I mean, if you think of pilgrimage, that's kind of, you know, more universal to a lot of experiences of different cultures on our planet. Yep. It could be that at some point maybe, um, and this is severe speculation, but maybe Obi-Wan, you know, feeling somewhat responsible for the fall of the Jedi Order. Maybe he, 
maybe he goes out and tries to find other force sensitive kids. Maybe in some weird way he thinks that, or he entertains the idea of him um, restarting the Jedi order in secrecy. And maybe those plans fall apart because the inquisitors find out and he just can't get ahead of them. You know, maybe uh, because he's out, you know, maybe every once in a while he leaves Tatooine to go find a force sensitive kid. So maybe he's trying to, you know, create a, a, a force sensitive orphanage, if you will, you know, bring kids to Tatooine because he thinks it's a safe place to go. And I have some yeah. other information about that too. Don't let me forget it. It involves Darth Vader. So keep that in the, the back pocket there. Um, you know, maybe it all falls apart. And maybe that's why it's such a heartbreaking story. Remember I told you that some people who had read earlier drafts of the script said it was a very heartbreaking and, and emotional screenplay. So curious. The reason why Kenobi felt that it was safe to hide Luke on Tatooine, even though Anakin slash Vader had such strong ties to Tatooine is because Vader yeah. would be so fearful that his emotions, that Anakin's emotions would come through his dark side conversion if he stepped foot on Tatooine, which is why he never went down there and which is why Obi-Wan felt it was okay to hide Luke on Tatooine because he knew that Vader would be fearful mm. that somehow Anakin would reemerge because of all of his you know, memories of his mother. Yeah, it's of- definitely an idea that is a possibility. And, you know, we'd have to look into it more or think about it more, but that's a, that's a possibility. I mean, he definitely has no connections there besides um, growing up as a slave boy and then his mother dying there. So it's not exactly... Uh, filled with wonderful memories on the planet. Um, but yeah, we do definitely talk a lot more about this series in episode 11. So go back there and we go really, really deep into Obi-Wan Kenobi. We? Uh, the character. <laughs> you go really deep um, into Obi-Wan Kenobi character over the first six movies. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the Cassian Andor untitled series which is the prequel to rogue one or not really the prequel to rogue one but obviously takes place before rogue one cassian andor and the best droid in the galaxy returns k2so travis yes alan is bringing back alan's scheduled to come back and reprise his role diego luna is going to be cassian andor and alan tudyk is going to be um, K2SO as well. So you said you researched it, Travis. Hit me with all the knowledge. Yeah, so Lucasfilm had already put out a press release. I didn't realize this, so I did a little looking around and found it. And basically it describes the show exploring the time before we meet Cassian in Rogue One. And basically yep. how, what were the events that shaped his life and, and, and pushed him towards being a rebel operative. And so they were, it will visit him as a teenager It'll visit him, obviously, as a younger version of the the man we see in Rogue One. And then also there are some ties to his sister that seem to be baked into the story as well. Now, of course, those things can change because they haven't even started filming yet. So maybe they might retool the story to, to speak a little bit differently. But the two things that struck me the most is that, one, it sounds an awful lot like a mirror of the Saw Gerrera storyline. And Saw Gerrera wasn't a character that George Lucas, back when he owned Lucasfilm, was developing a live action show about. And I think there was also a video game that was tied into his character as well. Hmm. They introduced Saw Gerrera, a very young Saw Gerrera in the Clone Wars cartoon series. And it just so happens that one of the reasons why he's so devoted to becoming a rebel and standing up against the oppression has to do with his sister. So I'm kind of curious that maybe this is a retelling or a repackaging of that kind of concept about... You know, a, a man who's pushed to go rogue, 
um, join the Rebel Alliance, and it has Rogue. to do with very good. Yeah, sorry, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm picking up from you. Um, and he's forced to sort of deal with maybe the loss of his sister, who was probably somebody who inspired him to stand up, you know, against oppression, stand up for the people who who can't stand up for themselves. So, it sounds like a, a bit of a parallel story for what Saw Gerrera went through. So very interesting there. And then the other thing they kind of thought about too is since it deals with uh, casting Andor as a teenager, obviously they'll probably have to recast that part. No offense to Diego Luna, but he doesn't look like a teenager anymore. And then, of course, him playing a younger version of himself, which I'm, I'm sure he could probably pull off. It kind of reminds me of the concept of the young Indiana Jones Chronicles that used to air on ABC way back in the day. So that show yeah. jumped between a teenage version of Indiana Jones and then a, a young adolescent version of Indiana Jones and sort of the, the adventures he went on as he was growing up that shaped him into becoming the archaeologist adventurer that we see in the movies. So I'm kind of curious if they're just sort of taking a page out of that book and kind of bringing that bit of nostalgia back into it. Obviously, it takes a lot to become uh, that much of a fighter in this rebellion and willing to give your life. And obviously, ultimately, he does. Spoiler alert in Rogue One. Um, you know, it takes more than uh, those guys are bad across halfway across the galaxy. It takes a lot. So, well, in the movie, he also hints see. that he's done a lot of things that he regrets. I mean, he says the things that I've done, I don't really want to remember, you know, and I don't, definitely don't want those things to have been for nothing. I mean, he says something along that, those lines when he, he convinces um, Jim yeah. that he's going to go with her and then all the other guys. And they said most of these guys have done things that we can't speak about or something like that. So it kind of hints that yeah. he has a very dark past. And, of course, this show would be would be a perfect avenue to explore that. Yeah, one of the things that I saw about casting the Andor series that has me excited is the showrunner is Stephen Schiff, um, who was a showrunner on The Americans. And if you guys haven't seen The Americans... Uh, literally one of the best television shows in the last 15 years. Uh, awesome it, show. It is that was with Carrie about, Russell? Yeah, Carrie Russell as well uh, and Matthew Reese. Um, it was about KGB agents uh, in the United States in the 1980s. Uh, fantastic show. Absolutely loved it. Um, terrific, what? terrific show. That totally um, sounds like a casting and or avenue right there, right? What's him that? Being a, he, well, him being a spy. A covert oh, agent yes. for the rebellion. Yes. And yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough about the Americans. Certainly don't want to go on, uh, uh, hear about it. But if you haven't seen it, uh, catch up with it. Uh, terrific, terrific uh, drama about KGB agents in Washington, D.C. in the 1980s. Travis, what it, here's what I think is going to happen with this Obi Wan series if it actually does come to Disney Plus. Um, in the Cassian Andor series and the Mandalorian, I think they're going to have those spread out through the year. So you you have those series, um, and then you have maybe a two month break, and then you'll have another series, and then a two month break, and then the third series throughout the year. So every time it'll be within just a couple of months, you'll have a new uh, season of each of these series. Mm-hmm. Um, as we go along that way, they're always bringing value to Disney Plus. What do you think about how they're going to roll these out on Disney Plus? Assuming the Obi Wan series is a Disney Plus series and not a movie. Don't forget, there's also rumors rumbling around. Although this has, there's no confirmation that there, Dave Filoni is uh, heading a new animation series that's supposed to come out in November. So that'll be coming out shortly after uh, season two of The Mandalorian. So that would totally play into what you're suggesting that they keep slow dripping these uh, these shows, sort of leapfrogging over one another. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to be the plan. They're obviously not going to stack them uh too highly on top of each other and have a lot of time between star wars 
uh, properties on Disney Plus because a vast majority of people got Disney Plus exclusively for Star Wars or yeah. for the for majorly for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's that's pretty much all we know about Cassie and Andor. They they're still working on it. Diego Luna is excited about it. He's excited that we already know the ending to the story, and he he gets or he gets to help uh, fill out the rest of the story. So still shooting it, um, or still working on it, and. Uh, probably uh, next year as well. I I would assume. I would I would bet this sneaks into early next year, and then uh, they're gonna they're gonna catch up and have Obi Wan a little bit later after that. If if the timelines come to the so here's a question like because yeah. the time period of the Cassian Andor would be a prequel to Rogue One that would put well if it's a teenage version of him that puts him in the same time frame as the Obi-Wan series and since they'll be filming them relatively close to each other we could always see a crossover event where those characters meet up somehow yeah yeah it's the same time i mean he's he would actually be casting the indoor would actually be if it's right before rogue one uh, he he would be you know he would be an adult cuz it's only you know a few well, years no. before right right so that that part of the show that deals with him just before, like when he captures K2 and converts him into a rebel droid, that timeline coincides with the Rebels cartoon series. But since we're not going to revisit that with any new material, I'm referring to when they do the flashbacks of Cassian as a teenager, that would put Mm. it more closely to the timeline of when the Obi-Wan show is allegedly taking place. Gotcha, yeah. So Obi-Wan is going to be between the 30 years between uh, Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope. Obviously, 30 so. years. So that was 20. You know, I actually wrote this down for Star Wars The High Republic, which takes place 200, 200. years yeah. before The Phantom Menace. The Star Wars universe slash galaxy needs a better zero <laughs> timeline. Date. Yeah. It needs a better zero date because it. you're always like, it's before this, it's after this, it's 30 years before this, it's be after this battle, it's before this battle. It's be- Well, it, Stefan, it, I'm telling you yes. right now, the, the diehard fans, there is. A zero date. It's the Battle of Yavin. So things take place either X amount of years before the Battle of Yavin or after the Battle of Yavin. Yes, I know that that's out there. I do. It's B-Y and, and yeah. whatever. A-B-Y, yes. <laughs> yes. So I know that's out there. But for those of us who don't have droid circuits coming out of their bodies <laughs> oh, when they sweat. Yeah, you know, you need to step up your game. I, I know you own that you're an average <laughs> fan, but if you're going to be listening to this podcast and as a host podcast, you need, you need to step up. I need to get you into the Baby Yoda category, not just the grunt category. I, then I need to get you into... Uh, excuse me, that's a rebel soldier. That is our before the Z-Wing <laughs> fan scale. So go listen to that and you'll know what we're talking about. Hey, I'm an above average fan. That's my, that's my lane. And I'm not saying I'm going... Because I, I want to learn more and I'm going to learn more. And you see, I, your hesitance to go I have to the, listen to you go the so distance means that you feel like a judgment against oh, those who distance. have gone the distance. Like maybe you don't want to touch toes with those people. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to do. Uh-oh. I'm trying to expand Star Wars fandom like that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, period. But... Well, arguably, yes. Go ahead. But if more people can get a better sense of the timeline, they won't be confused by what's this, what's that, do I care, should I care, whatever. Maybe Luke's birth 
should be year zero. Ooh, no, 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 no. Wow, you just conjured up some crazy mythos with that. Then you'd say Anakin's birth because Anakin is the chosen one. Immaculate conception. Fatherless. <laughs> born through the force. Born to a mother. I won't say virgin mother because we don't really know. But she claims that there was no father. She carried him. She gave birth to him. She can't explain what happened. But he has the highest midichlorian count of any life form that Qui-Gon's ever seen. Higher than Master Yoda. That's that's good for him. So let me ask you this. <laughs> if you're How talking about many... a savior figure, then year zero should be Anakin's birth. But go ahead. You know, I thought of that and then I kind of dismissed it. No, own it. Not out of hand, but because <laughs> yes, Luke it was. is... I the... know you. It was out of hand. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of out of hand. But because Luke is the hero of our story, main story of the saga that we know so far, and I know there's so much more to it, including comics and novels and animated series, more people would know... Empire Day. Like... Empire Day. You're talking about Empire Day. Luke and Leia and Ezra Bridger were born on Empire Day. Fine. Empire Day. Parentheses, Luke's birthday. I think more people would know. But do do more people need to know this? I think so. But you're saying no. No, Empire Day is Generally, awesome. Empire is huge. Empire Day things, is Order 66. Right. Empire Day is when Palpatine declared that he was the emperor and that Republic was going to become the first galactic empire. Empire Day is when Ezra was born, when Leia was born, when Padme dies, and then, of course, when Luke was born. And actually, you can argue that Empire Day is when Darth Vader was born as well. So you're so, agreeing with me. Empire Day is huge. Yes, I agree with you now. But I don't agree with you for the reasons you gave because they're very shallow. <laughs> they're very shallow. Luke's birth is a shallow moment in the Star Wars yeah, uh, had, history. You, history. How because about, you didn't know the rest Luke's... of what was going on with Empire Day. You don't even know what Empire Day is. I can hear it. I do know, know what Empire Day is. You've you've talked about it before. <laughs> oh, so then Listen, you Listen, buddy. Let's get into the High Republic. Okay, let's do it. All right, so StarWars.com announced this uh, fairly recently. I don't know the exact date, but it was uh, two Mondays just a ago. little while ago. What's that? Two, two Mondays ago. Two Mondays ago. All right. Uh, where, <laughs> How's that for specific? that in relation to Luke Empire it's, Day? Yeah, Sorry. it's Empire Day. I'm t- that's what I was okay. trying to tell you. So Star Wars released it. Um, art. The art was six Jedis out with their lightsabers. It's going to be a series of uh, novels, young adult novels, and comic books dealing with the High Republic which is 200 years before The Phantom Menace and a X number of years before <laughs> Empire Day. <laughs> so um, that's very interesting because obviously 200 years before our story really begins gives us a brand new story. We know we have villains, which are called the Nile. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why they're not called the Mississippi or the Amazons, but uh, they are called the Nile in this one. Uh, it's a reference to Nihilist. Yes, yes, yes. But they are known <laughs> as uh, Space Vikings. Um, no, they're referred so... to as Space Vikings. We don't know them as Space Vikings. They just refer to as using common language when the, the people talking about the promotion say they're like Space Vikings. They're not called Space Vikings. I don't believe I... Did I say called? I think we're being semantic. I mean, if they're all referred and everyone knows them as space Vikings, can't they be <laughs> called space Vikings? No, because the term Vikings not used in Star Wars that we know of. Well, we're calling them space Vikings. They're I'm not the in Nile. the Star Wars universe right now. I'm on the planet Earth. I know. 
come on back to Earth here. They are <laughs> Wait, we started off this podcast as if we were on the hollow net from Coruscant as news agents, and now you're telling me to come back to Earth? I Listen, we uh, Reese Turbocharge or whatever your name was. <laughs> uh, let's get back to it. Okay. So there is a StarWars.com intro video about all this, and they say it's going to be a lot uh, about, like, the Wild West. And Travis... I've got two questions for you. One you may give your opinion on. The other one you may not even know of. You probably do. But is is this High Republic where they're starting to explore the Outer Rim, is that going to maybe make it too much like Star Trek where it's all about exploration? And how could Um, that be the same and different in the Star Wars universe? Here's what kind of bothers me about this whole notion that they're going to be expanding into the outer rim. I don't think it's going to be like Star Trek in the sense that you have like an organized exploration fleet going out there to, to meet and greet. I think it's going to be more like an old West sort of situation where there is the frontier and there's people who are settling the frontier. And of course the Jedi go around like gunslingers and they, they offer protection when needed. Or you could also, you know, again, Star Wars has deep roots into feudal Japan and the, the roles of the samurai and the ronins and the shogunate. So I think, yep. you know, you're just looking at a straight up reinterpretation of that kind of, um, why does Star Wars line. keep going to the outer rim? I don't know. It's that like, is I mean, a good question, but hey, <laughs> the, the unexplored is what's exciting. The, uh, the center of the universe is uh, boring and filled with old rich dudes who. And let me wait, wait, wait. Uh, no let me correct really something really about. fast. When I say why go. do we keep going to the outer rim, I just mean why do we always have to go to the the frontier? I mean, in this case, because the Republic is a much smaller space, its new outer rim is you know might be the mid rim eventually when we get two hundred years later when the Phantom Menace happens. It just seems, no, oh, it just seems bizarre. I mean, I said this last time. It just seems like a weird. I don't know. A weird story device, a weird, a weird place to put our characters, because well, we you know, it says the High Republic, and so the High Republic is it saying that it was the Republic at its height, and if that's the case, it was a much smaller territorial whatever. All right, guys, yeah. Once again, it is going to be oh, books, <laughs> comics, and young adult novels, uh, some of which are available for pre-order now. Hashtag ad. Hashtag Disney. Give me some money, um, and. Um, <laughs> And we don't, they, we don't know how long this is going to go for. We don't know how long it's going to go for. We don't know right now, um, you know, anything really about it besides that it's 200 years before The Phantom Menace. They say there's no movie or uh, Disney Plus series uh, slated for this in the future. But, but I could really see if well, this Well, they did refer popular. to it as an incubator for stories, though. They they made very specifically said it's an incubator for future stories. Yeah, I could I could definitely see... Some of these characters, if they become popular, um, coming to Disney Plus within the next three to five years. Yeah. If, so here's here's my prediction. Go ahead. If if the book sales are up and if the the fan base is in the positive about this High Republic storyline, I think the books will culminate into a particular event that will be finished in the books. But then the aftermath of that event could then be considered as a TV show or as a movie that would then further that storyline and then give an even bigger conclusion to the whole thing. That sounds perfectly plausible because, you know, folks, they're going to keep making Star Wars uh, stuff because they paid $4 billion for it, which, by the way, was a very cheap price in my estimation, but <laughs> they probably knew what they were doing. Let's move on. Talk to us about this mysterious video game that appeared just a couple of days ago. 
Yeah, so first let's talk about where it appeared. PS4. There's a bot that a company has put out there to scan the PlayStation Network in Europe. And it looks for any kind of pages that are set up for... New games. Games that haven't been announced yet. And it picked up on a title and a graphic. Um, it was Star Wars um, Maverick, right? Or New Maverick or something Maverick. It was just and Maverick. No, yeah. I, I, you sure there was something in front of that? I thought there was something in front of that. Anyway. Well, it was a Star Wars logo with um, Star Wars around it and then Maverick. And it shows a Star Destroyer in the skies above what a lot of people are assuming is Mustafar. That's the lava planet where Obi-Wan took care of uh, Vader and Vader has his castle set up on. And it shows a bunch of X-Wings flying in, in the frame as well. If you think about the title Maverick, of course, it's uh, like a reference to Top Gun. A lot of people are speculating it's a smaller gaming project. It's not as big as, say, Battlefront 2 or even Jedi Fallen Order. It might be something a bit more reminiscent to the old Rogue X-Wing, Rogue Squadron, the X-Wing video games, where it's like a kind of like a flight simulator, but more of an arcade version of you know flying around X-Wings and going in specific missions and stuff like that. So a lot of people yeah. are excited that maybe we're going to get like an like a true playstation 4 slash playstation 5 or maybe in the xbox but like an arcade style x-wing game yeah i did misspoke it actually does say project maverick in the kind of the star wars logo yeah. form project so maverick, project maverick, right, yeah. maverick from what i've read on inverse.com and other sources it is likely going to be in 2021 mm-hmm. multiplayer is assumed according to some of the, the coding things like that and it's possible it's going to be five versus five. So that would be kind of cool to That'd be have fun. a uh, shootout, multiplayer, uh, fly around uh, dogfight. That would be fun. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Travis, I think that'll do it for the news, rumors, and speculation of uh, four new Star Wars projects, which are coming in the next few years at least. That's pretty cool. So we've got Disney Plus series guaranteed. A Disney Plus series or movie in from Obi-Wan. We've got new comic books, new young adult novels, new novels, and highly likely a new video game. So you, you cover the gamut, uh, Travis. What are you most excited about? Out of just things we talked about? Uh, sure, you can bring in a new element 45 minutes into, this, into the show. No problem. <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't do that to you. Um, God, I don't know. I mean, I do love no, K2SO. Really I think that he's a really cool character. And it'll be kind of nice to see those two play off each other. I I think that the thing that is more on my mind than not would be the Kenobi show. Just what are they going to do with it? If they're going to, you know, address some of the concerns that I brought up in our previous episode, or if they're just going to ditch it all. And then I know I just kind of briefly mentioned it, but if there is, in fact, a Filoni helmed um, Rebels sequel, coming to Disney Plus. I'm very excited about where that could go. Well, that's okay. We're here for rumors and news and speculation. And folks, remember, you don't even need to look at the internet. Find out any of the Star Wars stuff yourself. Travis and I will take care of that for you. And we'll filter it for you, too. We'll give you some filters. Yeah, we will filter it because there is a lot of stuff out there. And we we, uh, really go around and, and spend quite a bit of time looking for proper sources and getting... The really the the crux of the news and uh, go from there. So we're trying to do our best to not just give you um, incorrect facts. We want to tell you the news and uh, then tell, tell you how excited we are for it. 
All right, Travis, I think that'll do it for episode Lucky 13. Thank you so much for joining us, guys, on Before the Z-Wing podcast. Let us tell you how you can find us on social media. We are at Before the ZW on Twitter. That's the letter B, the number four, the ZW on Twitter. On Instagram, we are Before underscore the underscore Z-Wing. And we're Before the Z-Wing on Facebook. And if you don't remember any of that, just follow some of the links for this podcast backwards and you will find us within just a few moments. And why do we have so many different names? To stay under the radar of the Empire. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. This is Thrust Richter. And I'm Chuck Two Moons. This has been a HoloNet Action 7 and B4ZW. Never underestimate a droid. Oh.